Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. We have a tool-packed show for you today on VOE. Our topic is, you talking to me? Customization and accessibility. First, we're joined by Donna Mack, who will share how you can build a better business and get more engagement with accessibility. Next, you may think you know how to craft a talk, but Gary Rifkin is going to share why you're likely doing it backwards by not asking four questions before speaking. Last but not least, you'll learn about the National Speakers Association's newest community group, Accessible NSA. Let's get started. On this episode of Voices of Experience, we are excited to have Donna Mack. Donna has been working in the arena of disability advocacy and educating the public on disability access for more than 25 years. Donna, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Crystal. Glad to be here. Well, let's just dig right on into it. My first question for you is, why should successful speakers invest time and resources in ensuring their materials are accessible? A couple of reasons. Number one, people with disabilities make up, and in this instance, customers with disabilities make up the largest minority group in the United States and in uh, developing nations. And we're the only minority group that all of you will join eventually Mm. if you don't die first. So by investing in disability access, you're actually investing in your own future. And on the monetary side, um, one in five Americans a year ago had a disability. Right now, it's one in four of us. And in another decade, it'll be one in three. So the whole issue to me is that by investing in us and our needs and ensuring that we have access to your goods and services, Mm -hmm. you're potentially increasing your revenues by up to 30% in some cases. Wow, that is significant. And I mean, outside of the fact that obviously it's a good business decision, as professional speakers, we want our audience members to be engaged anyways and to feel involved. For that reason, can you share a few tips speakers can leverage to increase accessibility pre, during, and even post-events? Absolutely. First of all, I would say as far as any handout materials that you have, make sure that those can be accessed electronically in Word or PDF format. Mm. I think that Braille is probably a little excessive that that becomes a little bit um, expensive and a lot of pretty much everybody is is good with digital I would say also if possible try to ensure that your website is accessible to individuals with disabilities and that can sometimes be more complicated but ensure for example that you use alt tags on your graphics and and Donna Alt tags are those things where when we're putting our picture up, if someone can't see it, it actually describes what's on the picture, right? So it might say Donna Mac on the stage with her dog, Willa, or something like that. Does that sound about right? Absolutely. And the thing about it is alt tags were actually initially designed for people who were blind or visually impaired. But for you guys, the added little side bonus that you get is that they increase your search engine optimization. So you kind of have a little... Um, little double duty as far as the benefit of those 
Okay, so we're incentivized to do good Absolutely. in this instance. Do you mind sharing some of the top three mistakes speakers make unintentionally by ignoring people with unique accessibility needs? What are some of the things that we do that we don't even realize we're doing that is that are not inclusive of our audience members? For one, I think it's really important to be sure that you're not you're not too dependent on that PowerPoint or on those graphics. Mm -hmm. And I see so many speakers who will reference this or that and they'll they'll you know, use a pointer and point to something or they're gonna reference something that's in a graphic, but they don't bother to explain what this or that might be. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say that if you're speaking some of it's just disability etiquette, very common things like people first language, a person with a disability as opposed to a disabled person. Mm. Um, and ask the person how they'd like to be referred to if you have a one-on-one -on -one with that individual or if you're speaking to a group where you know a good portion of that audience might be individuals with disabilities. Try to get the vibe for, for how they'd like to be referred to. Mm -hmm. Respect is always a big deal and look at and address the individual with the disability if they have a sign language interpreter if they have a guide or a personal attendant don't speak to that person speak directly to the individual with the disability okay okay now is there any specific website or tech tools that can help speakers to upgrade their website talks etc for those that are listening and saying you know what hey I have some work to do I would say it's really easy to just Google something like accessibility scans and website accessibility scans. And a lot of times you can get feedback for your IT team, but I will tell you those are very technical in nature. Mm -hmm. You can hire a professional, which would typically be somebody who uses a screen reader, somebody um, who is blind or visually impaired, although there may be some sighted people who do that too, to um, come in and assess your website for how accessible it is to the blind and visually impaired population. And that's kind of more really showing you the user experience, which I think is extremely valuable. And businesses who utilize that are, their um, websites are actually something like 45% more accessible than the businesses that just go do the online scan alone. Okay. So that's that's something that's kind of techy. Perfect. Perfect. And you know, I, I'm noticing now that it seems like artificial intelligence is providing some additional avenues for accessibility. I actually had the experience of last month doing a speaking engagement where my words were automatically being uh, transferred on a screen. And I asked the client, I said, is there someone in here that is without sight? And they said, no, actually it increases learning as well, but it's an extra added benefit that it's also more accessible. It also helps people that have English as a second language who might read it better than actually speaking it. And so it seems to me like even some of these technological advancements are going to help us be a little bit more accessible when it comes to serving Absolutely. our audiences. And, and that is actually real-time captioning. Mm -hmm. And in the disability community, we use that for people who have some hearing loss, mm -hmm. but maybe they're not deaf. Okay. Maybe their first language was English and they have acquired hearing loss you know, later in life so that they're not fluent in sign language. They prefer English and maybe they just use a hearing aid. Okay. So, um, yeah, and... Okay, there's actually a service called Ira that I subscribe to, and there are some similar services too. And 
what they do is it's an app that utilizes the camera on your smartphone and you're connected with a live agent and they basically provide visual information to people who are blind and visually impaired and that can be anything from oh my gosh I've used them to help me match an outfit I use them all the time to um, fill out forms mm -hmm. and to put documents together from my business because hey I have challenges with my use of white space sometimes it's like when you can't see it you don't know if the layout would be a little better if you tabbed or put it in a table or right know. so um, they're a really great service and fabulous yeah so tech is awesome Okay, well, I'm, I'm a fan. That's, you know, that's yeah, my absolutely. topic. So I'm a huge fan of technology. Well, Donna, I want to thank you so much for stopping by Voices of Experience today and sharing with us so that we can make sure that we are serving all of our clients and making our information accessible. Now that we know how to make our talks and marketing materials more accessible, let's uncover what we need to do to ensure our content is exactly what our audiences both need and want. So on this episode of Voices of Experience, we have Gary Rifkin, who has been training and speaking for over 35 years, so since he was two years old. <laughs> Gary, thank you so much for being here with us today as we talk about four questions we should ask ourselves before we ever speak. Gary, do you mind sharing with us, what are these four questions? I know this is something you've taught for a while. Yeah, so I'll give you the four questions, and then I'll go back and kind of look at each one. So okay. the four questions are, what is my audience already know about my topic. Okay. What does my audience need to know about my topic? Mm -hmm. What does my audience want to know about my topic? Mm -hmm. Which is different than what they need to know. Right. And then and only then, what do I want to share with my audience? Okay. Where most speakers start is at four. Okay, I'm putting together a speech. Here, I think I'll talk about this. I think I'll talk about that. You're starting the wrong place. You're not mm. starting on the audience. You're starting on you. Okay. You have to start on the audience. So if you think about this, it's what does my audience already know? Which means you have to do a little research. Right. Where are they coming from? What information do they already have? What don't they already have? Mm -hmm. What if my audience is mixed? Mm -hmm. What if some of them have some information and others have other information? How do I re reference that in the presentation? So that leads us to what do they need to know? I've got to know what are those things that this is kind of the logic, the head stuff. What do they need to know for whatever it is that I'm sharing to be effective? Okay. So, for example, if I was going to be doing a, a, a workshop on how to use a computer, mm -hmm. you need to know that the computer has to be plugged in. Right. You need to know how to turn it on. Okay. You don't want to know how to turn it on, you need to know it. You want to know how is using this computer going to make me more effective. Okay. And so as we are working on our, t our content, what does my audience need to know about my content? And on that need to know, here's where I start thinking about, well, my audience is mixed. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? Well, I can use words like, as some of you probably know. Okay. The core clarity work is based in the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. What you might not know is, and then I can give them other information. Okay. By saying, as some of you probably know, I let folks know. I know some of them are, are on board. I also know some of them are not. Okay. We often use the words, um, as you already know. Well, then if I don't know whatever it is they're about to say, I feel like, oh, I must be stupid. Oh. So this forces us to be thinking about every single person in the audience. Mm -hmm. What do they want to know? The want to knows is the heart stuff. Mm -hmm. This is, how is this going to impact my life in some way? And so always be thinking about 
do I really need to give them this piece of information? Sometimes we spend too much time on the need to knows where people don't get excited about the need to knows. They get excited about the want to knows. Okay. And so interestingly, I do this before every speech. Mm-hmm. I also do this before every interaction. Before I get on a phone call with a client, all right, what do they already know? What do they need to know? What do they want to know? Okay, here's how I'm going to talk about this. Okay. When I'm on the phone with my staff, we will have a conversation and one of us will go, ah, four questions. We just broke the rule because we mm-hmm. jumped in at chapter four and we didn't know what chapters one, two, and three were. Because sometimes we forget, hey, they needed to know chapters one, two, and three. Right. And so if people start to think about this over and over again, and you get it in as a habit mm-hmm. of always thinking, what, are they, what does my audience need to know? What do they want to know? Okay, what do I want to say? Mm-hmm. It will help you, number one, edit yourself. Right. Number two, make your content so much more relevant for your audience. And number three, give them something that they'll actually care to do. So, Gary, as I'm listening to this, the brilliance that I am understanding is the level of customization this requires, because what that means is if someone from XYZ group in in the state of Texas hears you at the Arkansas convention and says, hey, we want you to come to Texas, speak to our delegates, it's the same organization, different state. That's right. They might still have different things that they already know, need to know, and want to know, so then what you share would have to differ. So, this requires from, I I would think, seasoned speakers to actually customize every presentation. And seasoned speakers should always be customizing every presentation. Many of us do the same presentation over and over again. Mm -hmm. It should be different every time. Right. And my final note on this is that you have to remember it is always about the audience yes. and not about you as a speaker. Yes. It's always about the audience. So let me ask you one more follow-up question yeah. here. When we talk about what the audience needs to know and what's they, what they want to know, have you ever noticed that sometimes what the client, who might even be a planner and not be one of the people in the seats of the audience members, what they think the audience needs to know and what you know the audience needs to know through a little bit of investigation is different? That's correct. So how do you kind of build those out? Because now you kind of have these competing needs. Well, so for me, it's never competing needs. I'm okay. going to hit them both in okay. different ways. Okay. You know, some of you probably already know that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm saying certain things that the planner has said they don't know. Okay. Or, or I'll bet some of you are not aware of that. And then I'll say those things the planner says they know they need, even though I think they already got it. Okay. And then, so what I'm using, I don't know if you've not, I'm using what I call wiggle words. Wiggle words. Some of you. Typically, you probably know, Mm. the more wiggle words you use, the more the audience doesn't ever feel like you've left them out. Okay. If I say, as everybody knows, or everybody agrees that, well, if if one person doesn't agree, they may now stop listening to everything else I say. Okay. So by using those wiggle words, it allows the four questions to kind of stay present all the time. As you probably know, as some of you may be aware, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm going to, I'm definitely going to listen to my planner, but if I've got gotten some information from folks in the audience, i got to make sure that I hit those things. And I want to do it in a way, hey, I was talking to somebody before the session, and one of the things she said she really wanted to know, and I'll bet about eight more of you are, were thinking this too, is this. Okay. Say it. Okay. And that way I'm honoring them and I'm honoring what the planner had asked for as well. Gary, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. It's my understanding that you even have, I think, a handout or a worksheet for those that want a little bit more information that are NSA members. I do, yes. So I've got an infographic and a little article that I wrote about the four questions. We can make that available. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you for joining us today on Voices of Experience. Thank you. 
Let me ask you something. Are you sick of the ebb and flow of revenue in your business? Are you tired of not having a process you can prioritize every day that guarantees results and scalability? What about all of the technology that's not working for you? SpeakerFlow is the only company geared towards helping speakers achieve predictable revenue by leveraging technology to get organized, get known, and get paid. Whether it's our CRM, consulting, or our mansion retreats, we've got you covered. Stop by SpeakerFlow.com to schedule a free discovery call today. Let's visit with Donna Mack one last time to learn more about NSA's newest community group. Donna, it's my understanding that at NSA, we have a new community group called Accessible NSA. Do you mind sharing a little bit about the community group, who it serves, and what its purpose is? Okay, yeah, I'd love to. Accessible NSA is made up of speakers with disabilities, professionals in the meetings industry, and our allies, and it's to promote disability access in the speaking and meetings industry. And we're trying to increase access within mm-hmm. the speaking and meetings industry. And we do that by promoting best practices, for one. Another uh, area where we really want to focus is on sharing with one another what our experiences have been with the people, the businesses, the products that have really enhanced our lives and our businesses as professionals with disabilities. So for example, if there's a particular accessible app that Mm -hmm. has really benefited me in my business, I'm going to share that with members of my community group because there may be another speaker who's been looking for that same app or if there's a product that one of us finds accessible or say there's a particular hotel chain that has been extremely accommodating we want to we want to be able to share that information so just anything to help help one another Mm. and to to make sure that the meetings industry is aware of what policies and procedures really are standard for for making meetings more accessible to all of us. For example, recently, Allie Stroker, who is an actress with a disability, she's a wheelchair user, and she won a Tony Award for her performance in the musical Oklahoma on Broadway. Mm. And she did a fantastic job. She performed at the Tony Awards, and her performance was accessible, but later when they went to take pictures, that wasn't accessible, so she wasn't included in the team. Oh no, they didn't have a ramp to get they her. Didn't, yeah, they didn't have a ramp to get her down to wow. where they're taking the pictures, and so we want to be proactive. Right. I know that nobody meant to leave her out. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be excluded, mm-hmm. you know. And and this group of us, we're not exclusionary. I mean, we welcome anybody. Like I said, it's for professionals with disabilities and our allies because. My mantra is that by investing in disability access, you're investing in your own future. I love it. I love it. Well, Donna, thank you for joining us today and sharing with us about Accessible NSA. Both Donna and Gary have provided us with handouts to help us implement their tips. If you're an NSA national member, mosey on over to nsaspeaker.org forward slash VOE podcast and click on access members only resources. If you're not a member, oh no, it's time to join. You're missing out on great content and invaluable connections. 
Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. Tune in next week when we'll discuss six-figure training packages. Hmm. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.